What's up, everybody? Welcome to the VSM Real Estate Podcast, getting you closer to massively successful people in the Twin Cities real estate market. I'm your host, Andre Anderson, today joined by Scott Hofler, owner of Side by Side Realty. Yeah, great to be here, Andre. Thank you. So welcome, welcome. I know um, a lot of people around the office have been wanting you to come onto our podcast for some time. Wow. Yeah, we were trying to... It's flattering. Get, yeah, exactly. And we were finally able to, you know, lock you down to, yeah. get, us, to get you here. So excited to have you. Um, for, you know, all the, probably some people probably know, um, that are watching already know who you are, but now for those that don't, uh, can you kind of give yourself a little bit of introduction and, you know, maybe what you're kind of doing right now, how you got into real estate? For sure. I guess the, a little bit of our backstory is, um, we purchased our first duplex in 2013. Who's we? We, my twin brother and I, I, I use we often because he's usually right next to me. And so I'm not going to say Drew if he's standing right here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this time you just have me. Uh, it's my twin brother, Drew Hofler, yep. and myself bought a duplex in 2013. Uh, we graduated, recently graduated college. He had moved up to the Twin Cities so that we can be near each other. Uh, actually, post, let's rewind a little more. Postgraduate, we, we um, went to two different cities. Um, I moved to Minneapolis. He moved to Nebraska. We found ourselves apart for about a year and a half and realized it's probably not the goal that we want and oh. we're better together. So right. he moved to Minneapolis and we wanted to avoid paying rent. Um, I think it's just our natural instincts to keep our living expenses low. So we were looking at single family homes in South Minneapolis, mm -hmm. rent out one bedroom, rent out two bedrooms to, to roommates, uh, friends from college, and it'll pay for our mortgage. Um, when we're telling our dad that story, he goes, why don't you guys buy a two flat? And that's what they call duplexes in really? Chicago. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. And so we're like, dad, what's a two flat? And, and then we realized it's a duplex. But with that came renters. And we didn't necessarily want to be landlords. We didn't know how to take care of properties the way a landlord in our eyes should take care of properties. Mm -hmm. But as we went through... Um, the process and looked at the numbers and we realized, hey, if you can rent, live in one side, rent out the other, it actually at the time covered our mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, and so we pursued a duplex in an up and coming area called Northeast Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. And Definitely a good area. Yeah. For and sure. Dangerous Man was a thought at the time. Um, breweries had, had just started moving into town. So yep. it's um, that deal went so well. We rented the upstairs unit out to uh, friends of ours and Drew and I lived in the downstairs unit living for free. And yeah. we're like, wow, that's cool. Let's, yeah. how about we try this again? Again. Yeah. And so we decided, okay, let's buy one a year from there on out. And that's what we started doing. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you guys originally from? Do you say Chicago? Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Yeah. And then Born. he went to Nebraska, but you decided to come to Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so in 2010, we uh, graduated in the heart of a recession. Mm -hmm. Super hard to find jobs. Sure. Um, actually, for the first few months after graduating, we, uh, we're um, handymen for apartment buildings. Oh, and nice. so we did turnovers, we pulled carpet, um, we fixed small jobs and then took care of the grounds around the apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. And uh, who knew that would be a foreshadow into what we would be to doing as a like foray. Yeah, yeah, the foray. Yeah, into and real estate. So that, yeah. getting paid $10 an hour, we're like, well, okay, this, this works for now, but I had to get a big boy job. Right. Um, I graduated. They said 401ks, smart, W-2s, cool. So I wanted a salary. Mm -hmm. And uh, being from Chicago, I didn't really want to go back. Um, I kind of want to spread my wings and find something else. So mm -hmm. Minneapolis, Land Lake seemed like it was the only place hiring at the time. And mm -hmm. Drew goes, hey, Scott, you got better grades than me? 
why don't you go get a job and then we'll live off your salary until I find one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent plan. <laughs> uh, great plan, Drew. You, you're always thinking. And uh, so we did it. I, I landed a job with Land O'Lakes making, making $45,000 a year and I was rich. Mm -hmm. And Drew decided he was going to move up with me. So as he looked for jobs in town, he found a company here that actually gave him a job in Nebraska. Um, so interesting. Oh, yeah. that's why he moved down there. And that's why he moved down there. Ah, okay, okay. So it's, you both were actually going to hopefully be in Minneapolis. And that was our goal. That was the goal. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't you. know anything about the place, but yeah, for sure. Somebody offered me a job, so I moved here. Yeah, and fell in love with the city and my wife, and it's been it's been great ever since. Excellent. Yeah, and I would imagine that uh, you know the cost of living was a lot less you know back then. You know. And uh, yeah, 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 and especially definitely. much less than uh, Chicago. So way less than Chicago. So yeah, forty five thousand exactly. dollars goes a long way, right? For sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in Chicago, you'd probably be like, you know, you can't even. No, buy. I'd be living in my parents' basement. Yeah, which, can't even buy some bread. You no, know, or whatever. Right, milk's expensive there too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, two thousand thirteen happened. Uh, one a year from there and out, and so the following year, uh, we started looking for an ex duplex, and that's kind of where things change a little bit. Is I started doing really well at work. I met my wife, Jenny. I started thinking, okay, there's there's things that I want to achieve, and real estate is actually taking up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. So I told, turned to Drew, and I go, hey, I'm done with this real estate thing. I think I have things going for me. Um, and he goes, wait a second. We had an agreement. I was going to buy one. You were going to buy one, and we're going to keep doing that. Yeah. Holding on one duplex is just a pain in the butt. So um, you can't back out now. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Drew. And so that very night, I went for a walk with my dog, popped in a podcast from Bigger Pockets, and I remember it was Brie from Chicago, and I could relate to her being from Chicago, mm -hmm. and she had created enough passive income to leave her sales job. And I'm by after 45 minutes of listening to that podcast, I came home to Drew, and I'm like, I'm all in, and I've been all in ever since. <laughs> so I was just like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And to, I'm way Wait a more, second. Yeah, let's, get, let's don't, definitely do this. Yeah. And we started to think, okay, what, what I, in, that, in that walk, I started to think, what are my goals for life? If I'm, I'm really serious about Jenny. I'm really serious about creating a life with her. And Drew and I are having fun together in this real estate. It was just a, it, in what I thought it was a distraction of what everybody around me was telling me I should be doing. Mm -hmm. I should be climbing the ladder, getting promotions at work, making more money. Um, and after listening to somebody else debunking that, that, that conditioning that I was under, I started to realize there's something to this. I, I, I need to think differently, mm -hmm. um, to achieve these goals that I'm, I'm setting out for my life and for my family. Mm. So it was kind of a moment of like self-reflection and just like being super self-aware of what you actually want. 100%. And it allowed, allowed for that paradigm shift of all that past conditioning that you had like others' expectations, like, you know, what your parents wanted. Um, maybe even, well, yeah. you actually ended up, you know, agreeing with Drew. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what Drew maybe wanted to do and whatnot. And yeah. just like, what do I actually really want? What do, do I want? Right, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think um, oftentimes we drift into what other people want uh, in our lives and want for us. And right. so we feel like, okay, if we're achieving what they want for us, we're achieving what we want. And that's mm -hmm. not necessarily true. For sure. Yeah. I know that there's this one quote by uh, Jay Shetty or someone, and I remember Jay Shetty, uh, you know of him? Mm, no. No. I haven't, um, yeah. It's this. Um, it's this guy, uh, he's kind of like a social media influencer. Um, he has these like really, like he's uh, Indian, so he's like a little darker complexion, but he has like these bright blue eyes. But he's like always like doing like, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. And uh, one of the quotes that he says, and I can't remember where the quote is from, but I always just attribute it to him. And it's, um, 
I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Uh, so it's like that whole situation of like you're aligning what you want to do, what you think you want and what you want to do with what you think other people want. So it's like that next level, you know, it's yeah. not even sometimes what you, th- it's what you think they want to do, right? Yeah. Which that might even be different. And it's know? not so, malicious. It's not no, like they want anything bad for you. It's just, sure. it's just what they think life and what the meaning of life is. And they just shower it onto you because they want the best for you. But in reality, right. it's, um, it's not exactly what you're looking for. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, in that moment of uh, self-awareness, you know, you're like, okay, let's go all in. So did you guys just kind of like come to the table and just like really hash out a good plan, some goals, all that kind of stuff? I feel like that's what you're kind of leading into here. Yeah. Beautiful question. It, and I think, um, so hitting our goal one a year from there on out. And I remember sitting with, um, somebody I really respect. He had a great family, really successful in his career. And I'm just sitting across from the, at the bar and I had some family around us. And he's like, so what are you doing with this property thing? And I'm like, well, Drew, my goal is to buy one a year from here on out. And he's like, that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And I was like, whoa, oh, no. that <laughs> is it? And then it's like, it automatically took me back. But that just goes to say that people around you won't support you. Won't support you. Even if, even if they love and respect you, they don't, they're, it's not their dreams mm-hmm. and they don't know what it takes to get to your dream. And sure. so they're, they're going to, they're going to naysay. And if they've never done it, it's going to feel weird to them and they just don't understand. And so I think you're going to face a lot of objection, mm-hmm. good, right, or bad. Um, if you're pursuing something that other people around you aren't necessarily looking for. Right. Um, and so that was a huge pivotal moment for me is I just got challenged on something that I'm pursuing and how strong is this pursuit to overcome that challenge from somebody I really respect and for sure and I definitely overcome it Drew and I sat down and we're like we don't really have a reason why we're buying one a year like mm-hmm. that's just a thing and so a mentor of ours challenged us is like you guys need to think bigger is like this is just a hobby for you right now but you got to have a stronger why behind what it is mm-hmm. uh after reading traction I don't oh, know if yeah. you've read it yet yeah great book so I, I read it and drew would say i gave him this clip notes <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's a common theme here it you know, is a just, common theme right. here hey hey you're smarter tell me all that, all that kind of stuff right <laughs> yeah he's a lot more ambitious than i am and i'm i just am a little more studious yeah. um so i read through traction we sat down for four hours and figured out okay what are our goals um and then once we rolled out of that, we realized, hey, we can create this real estate into a business rather than just a hobby. Mm-hmm. And so after the four four hours, we decided, okay, how do we get to where we want to be in life? And we decided 22 properties by the time we're 32 will help us to get enough financial freedom that we can actually choose the lifestyle that we're looking to, mm-hmm. to achieve. And we won't necessarily be retired. I'm not going to sit back and watch Dancing with the Stars like Brandon Turner says, yeah. but I will have creative control over what I do every single day. For sure. Yeah. And um, getting to that point is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of freedom and it affects all areas of your life. So now that I have Weston and I can start thinking about, okay, what kind of life do I want to create for our family? Because I now have the capacity to do it because mm-hmm. I have the time. Um, so yeah, after that four hour session, Drew and I like 22 properties by the time we're 32. Let's go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's, and so at the time we were both working for Lando Lakes, mm-hmm. we, we were joking earlier that we were about a, on arm's w- length away at a big corporation. Um, we were commodities traders, which at the time thought that we thought we were really cool. Um, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. You know? It's, it's a job that we aspired to get and we landed it and we're like, yeah. what now? Crap. 
Um, <laughs> and so he made the leap first, like he always does. And I follow off of his mistakes or successes <laughs> <laughs> and I tweak it a little more. And, um, but he, uh, went and worked for renters warehouse. Oh, okay. Excellent. And he became a leasing agent for them. So he's like, I'm going to learn the world of real estate from the rental and leasing side. Mm -hmm. um, and a year later, I decided to join Kim Burke and her team at Leader One from a financial side uh, and become a mortgage lender. Yeah, you guys are just like going headlong. Into Head on. Yeah, that's awesome. And that was the yeah. pivotal shift. It went from hobby to business. Mm -hmm. So somebody presented, I run a group here in town called the Millennials Real Estate uh, Millennials Investor Focus Group, mm -hmm. and it's a local meetup that meets every third Tuesday of the month, and we have a ton of investors with a similar mindset that we have, mm -hmm. sharing resources and balancing ideas off each other. But somebody presented Brian Doyle about two years ago, and he goes, real estate's a big industry. If you want to do it full-time, find a job in it. You can mm -hmm. become a lender. You can become a real estate agent. You can become an underwriter. There's so many things you can do. And he's like, for me, I sell blinds to apartment buildings. I buy apartment buildings. And it was yeah. just like, whoa. And now he's talking to owners of apartment buildings. He gets he gets the inside scoop of if they're going to sell because he's asking the right questions because he's exposed to the right people who have the thing that he wants to have. For sure. And um, on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Yeah. And for somebody else, he's like, you just sell blinds. He's like, I'm strategic about why I'm selling blinds. Right. Um, and so Drew, leasing agent, rental experience, Scott, mortgage lender, financial experience and that coming together, it gives us even more exposure to the market and knowledge and, and expertise. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I kind of had a similar thing joining VSM. Um, it was, you know, hey, I really want to get into investing, but I actually really don't know much about real estate at all. I'm mm -hmm. like, what would be a good way to go about it? Well, you know, kind of figure out a little bit on leasing. What's that like doing brokerage and kind of learning all the pieces of puzzle? I think that's actually one of the best ways for somebody that's looking to get real into real estate. If they're young, they don't have like a family at the time, of course, yeah. you know, and they're just like looking to get into it. Yeah, just get into the industry, whatever you can kind of get your hands on and, and learn, even if it's like a part-time job or, you know, just start out somehow. For sure. hundred um, percent. So and I yeah. think it's important to know that you do have skills that apply to real estate. Um, mm -hmm. No matter what walk of life you come from, what degree you have, a lot of people are limited by, well, I didn't study that in college. Bullshit. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think John Maxwell said that the shelf life for a college degree is six years now. Yeah. Which blows or, my mind. Or, or it's probably less, I feel like. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just like... Yeah, it's just what can you do for people for the most part? 100%. And I think a lot of people are kind of becoming much more aware of that, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure um, you didn't go to college really for, you know, real estate or, you know, anything specific. But what's giving you financial freedom? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or, you know, that creative or that control over your creativity and where you want to bring your life and all your energy and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, I think the four year degree is designed around security. So right. how do you land this four year degree job so that somebody will want to hire you for mm -hmm. that or four-year degree um, so that somebody will hire you uh, when you graduate. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying this person only wants me because I have a degree in a field that not, doesn't necessarily apply to the position that they're hiring me for. Mm -hmm. And it, th there's a huge disconnect there. Right, for sure. Um, so I think it's around security, like job opportunities, um, secure salary. And I think that's what the beauty of real estate is you can be an entrepreneur 
and hammer real estate and get a lot of rewards from it. Mm-hmm. And you can still build stable income, much like you know what you're doing with buying rent and accumulating rental properties. True. You know, of course, there's risk and all that kind of stuff, right? But like, it much more stabilizes, especially if you're in a sales career, much like a leasing agent or um, working part of like a mortgage lending team. You know what I mean? It all is sales driven. So yeah, but definitely. you can have both the best of both worlds. You know, you have that stable income once you get you know a good amount of properties, have passive cash flow, mm-hmm. uh, but you can just hammer away at the sales job and like really get that high you know potential income growth yeah so definitely yeah. and that's you guys went about it awesome and that's know? what allowed yeah. us to leave our corporate jobs is we have this passive income coming in we're living for free um and we turn to each other is like okay it's a little bit of a risk but it's what we want to do long term mm-hmm. and so i think his job was was commission based he wasn't guaranteed a paycheck and mm-hmm. for me i was making 17 dollars an hour working in as, a, as an assistant for a mortgage company yeah like that is definitely three steps backwards but because I was in the space that I had, I felt I had a passion for it and I had purpose, I ended up making more in that first year than I did when I was at Land O'Lakes, Lakes making yeah. a salary yeah. off of $17 an hour because the, I was incentivized. There's like things that come with it, but mostly because I was in the place I was meant to be. Right, for sure. So what were one of the biggest challenges in that first year? Um, I, I would imagine, especially if uh, you're kind of coming from a salary into like, um, like an assist- or maybe you and your brother were kind of moving more towards like incentivized positions or sure. at least sales positions. What were kind of the biggest struggles that you found in that like maybe transition period, if you had any? Yeah, I, and it's something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm in love with my wife, Jenny. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if you are on the same page as your spouse and in a relationship with somebody, it's it's financially straining to sure. make a, a risky risk with your career. Um, when you have bills to pay, you have student debt to, to cover, and you have housing expenses and all the good stuff, and eventually you might have kids that you have to think about. But I think for for the, the biggest challenge and the biggest reward is working together so that we support each other in these career shifts and these big changes. And so um, immediately when I approached Jenny and I was like, hey, I'm really unhappy in my corporate world. Um, I'm doing well, but it's just not fulfilling. I'm going to leave and make $17 an hour. That's hard. Yeah, um, for sure. And so for her to trust me and to know that this is the right move and her to trust Kim, who was going to be my mentor and boss at the time, that that was the right move um, was huge for our family. Um, and to know that I had the support and uh, now I talk about I can walk on water with Jenny's support. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And Drew, too, is like, so he had my support and I had his support. Um, but he's kind of a, he's a free spirit and he loves to take on risk. Just go on. On. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, he, he worked through it a lot better than I did. Um, he That's loved good. the freedom of his schedule. Um, and so, but a big challenge that we t- talk about with real estate professionals is if you leave a W-2 or salary position, and you think you're going to buy more real estate, Buy real estate before you do it. Right. Um, as much as you can. As much as you can. Get yeah. to a point where you're like, okay, I think I'm, I've hit all my real estate acquisition goals. Now I'm ready to take a full-time commission-paid um, job because you need two years of, of, of work experience to be able to qualify for conventional mortgages. Of course, you can do commercial and get creative financing and all that good stuff. Yeah. But if you're looking to your lock-in 30-year fixed, buy some property before you leave your, your W-2 job. For sure, yeah. Quick tip for quick everybody. Tip. Yeah, quick tip for everybody. <laughs> because we think we're like, oh, I want to be in real estate full time. I quit. Shoot, I can't buy anything. Right. Um, so that's just a common 
misconception. Kind of a misconception. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, of course, there's. it just definitely depends on, you know, where you're at, what you think you can do and how driven you are. Because like, that's not by no means like a, you know, a hard obstacle. It, it, is, it is an obstacle for, you know, a personal loan for a 30 year fix and everything. But if you have the hustle and you're doing like flips and you, you can get commercial lending and all that kind of stuff and it works for you. Yeah. And like the market is at a place for you uh, to be able to do that and you're growing your network and everything then of course yeah definitely but you know that's just so easy to get you know like if you're already (laughs) available it's so available exactly yeah and don't use yeah don't if you if you if you left your job don't use it as an excuse to not play in the real estate world way more important Um, part yeah yeah. that's a huge so if you've already done it there's definitely avenues for you to do you just kind of gave up on on the 30-year fix yeah for it for it yeah couple years yeah just don't give up on yourself don't give up yeah you can do it yeah you did for a reason keep going um so yeah as shifting careers and shifting focus into real estate is comes with its risks and i think um the fact that we talk about is like partnerships are beautiful Mm -hmm. they're beautiful in business they're great in marriage uh strong partnerships are even better than just a partnership in general um and we've been lucky drew and i have been partners since the womb uh, doing life side by side. And I think the fact that we've had both of each other, and I remember my father-in-law hearing that we're going to start start up side by side realty. And he's like, that is such an awesome idea. And we're like, wow, I, I think it is too. Support. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got some support there. But he's yeah. like, it's so awesome because neither of you will allow the other one to fail. Right. And I think for us, that was that, to know that we had that person next to us that is lifting us up when we're failing and um, is was huge uh, for making that shift into a new career and new new life focus. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like um, you had mentioned Drew um, maybe is uh, much more willing to take on risk and ambitious yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure kind of in the down times, whenever you hit some some obstacles and whatnot, or during that transition, he probably helped helped you. You know, um, like no, 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 it's okay. Keep going, keep yeah. going. And then uh, when t- times are, you know, maybe he, when he's too ambitious or taking on too much, you help stabilize certain things, right? Uh, is that kind of how it works with the dynamic duo? For sure, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah, and you haven't sure. even met him yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know him probably well enough to be able to talk about him and whatnot. So, oh yeah, that's uh, exactly how it is. And we just—it's cool because people meet us. You're like, you're the same person. We're, we're we couldn't be more opposite than two people that weren't even related. Right. So it's great to approach business with the love and respect that we have for each other, but the knowledge that we both have a different set of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and even this this winter, we were yelling at each other because we didn't see business the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's moments like that, that if you can have that, that, that a, it's not even a fight, but have that disagreement with a massive amount of respect behind it and then mm-hmm. come out better because of it, mm-hmm. um, that's that's the wonder of our relationship in general mm-hmm. um, because we put each other first in every situation, whether it be money-wise, confrontation, success, whatever it is, we always say, okay, it's because of you that I'm here and, it, and it's because of me that you're here and vice versa. That's awesome, yeah. I yep. mean, it's just kind of going through the grinder, you know what I mean? Like it makes you so much more strong, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <clears throat> all those obstacles in your way, uh, as soon as you get through them, you know, mm-hmm. just come out the other side very Really, really strong. 100%. So uh, how, co- how close are you guys to your goal right now? You guys are making pretty good headway, yeah? So yeah, we came out of that meeting saying we're going to buy 22 properties by the time we're 32, and we were 29, and now we have 15 properties. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to just say it was doors, we would have hit our goal already. So yeah. we're like, no, let's let's up have, it a little bit. Yeah. So if we buy a 20-unit apartment building, it's still only one property. Um, <laughs> 
crazy. So we have 15 properties, 28 doors, uh, and we're now 32. So I'm going to give myself until 33 to hit our goal. And yeah. we've got a big year ahead of us if we're going to make that happen. And yeah. even if we don't make it happen, falling short of that big-ass goal was better than we would have been if we never set the goal to begin with. Imagine if you're still at Land O'Lakes. Imagine. Yeah, just with that one property in northeast Minneapolis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's hard to life. believe. Like, yeah. I get chills thinking about the change that has happened since then. For sure. So, um, what, what's kind of your plan then to to make that monster goal uh, kind of come come to fruition this, uh, this year? Creative financing. We just did a big refi that allowed us to pull a little cash out. We've got some private investors looking at some some of the stuff that we have going on. Um, we've dabbled in the Milwaukee market, so we're lo- we're looking okay. at expanding our markets. But I think with the partnership that we have with uh, Garrett Gordon. Um, he's of Renters Warehouse, and then Drew myself. Is we bring a lot to the table, and not even just ourselves, but our networks and and the mortgage lenders that we have s- supporting us, and property management companies, and everything that goes into real estate. And that's what's awesome about our world is that it's a very collaborative, sharing world. Like me and you sure. sitting across from each other, just talking all day, just talking know? all day, yeah, sharing sure. resources and ideas about property management and proper in real estate growth. Um, and I think we're at a point that we're ready to make a a huge push. So I wouldn't be surprised if we bought a few properties on package and mm-hmm. um, we're looking at getting a little more creative this year than we have in the past. That's awesome. So it looks like you're changing a little bit on the financing and lending side, uh, maybe taking on some more partnerships. You already have, you know, a beautiful partnership, but maybe you can grow that, you know, to more strong connections that are outside and continue to grow and get that snowball rolling. Definitely. Are you kind of switching um, also property types? I know you mentioned getting into different markets. Um, Milwaukee, I, I'm actually taking a look at Milwaukee too a little are bit. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the beginning of it. But yeah, um, but yeah. So, are you thinking of changing? Um, maybe just with price differentials, getting into maybe larger units, multifamily, or switching into commercial at all, or anything like that? Uh, yes and no. Using commercial financing, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at <clears throat> we'd love mixed use property, mm-hmm. um, so residential on top, commercial on the bottom. That would be a, a big win for us. And we just want to dabble in the commercial world and what it, what it means to lease commercial space out. And that's an area I just don't know much about and mm-hmm. been in residential for so long. <clears throat> but on top of that is we're always, I think some investors are making a little bit of a mistake right now is they're looking at their current portfolio and they're trying to offload it so that they can level up. And mm-hmm. they're level up at a, a very premium market mm-hmm. into premium types of properties that cap rates are pretty low. Um, and I would I would argue that you've gotten so good at managing these smaller multifamily properties, continue to make them cash flow for you, and then leverage the cheap money out there to go after and level up. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. And for us, is we found a really nice niche in these approachable duplex, triplex, fourplex um, style properties where you can still leverage thirty year fixed yeah. uh, mortgages. So I land a mortgage now at five five percent. I know what that. Uh, property is going to cost me for the next 30 years. It's a, right, it's sure. a beautiful thing. And yeah. so if rents support it now, rents are probably going to go up like they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't bank on it. But to know that I have a fixed payment for the next 30 years is awesome. So sure. we're, we're probably going to stay in that smaller duplex, triplex, uh, multifamily space just because we know it so well. It's mm-hmm. what we specialize in and we just become the best at it. Nice. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the plans for the future then? Uh, I mean, if, if there yeah. is like an end game, you know, once you get to that, uh, you know, 22 properties, not not doors, but, yeah. you know, properties. Right. Uh, so there, there is there's long term goals. Side by side is in its infancy stage. We opened in April um, and side by side realty is the brokerage that we own and we're growing that. There's three of us right now and we're looking to add agents who mm-hmm. believe that lifestyle and financial freedom can be achieved through real estate. And mm-hmm. so if we can pull agents that embody that vision but still have their own 
basic personal brand within the real estate investing world, mm-hmm. um, we want to grow that team up. And awesome. whether that be here in Minneapolis or we might expand to other markets. And like I said, we do have a, a pretty cool niche in the smaller multifamily properties. So we're going to stay sure. in that area and maybe focus on other markets that also have a big inventory of that um, type of property. Right. And I think we're so we're sitting down actually in June. Drew and I turned to each other and we're like, we have this thing side by side. It's pretty cool. Got a nice brand. I mean, we're, we're building it out. We, we have a business sure. plan, but where do we do with it? Where do mm-hmm. we go? And so we sat down with our business coach now, and we were looking for somebody who to just to help us think bigger. Mm-hmm. Is Drew and I can oftentimes cap ourselves because we know, I know his shortcomings, <laughs> yeah. he knows my shortcomings. Yeah. And we're, we know that the other one's really skilled in some areas, but in general, we can just screw this big giant cap on each other and say, okay, this is about, this is about our peak. And where somebody else sits next to us being like, you guys have so much more to give. Yeah. And so that's what he said. He's like, you got so much more to give. And so we, we are now growing side by side. And it's, awesome. um, we in general want to own property and want to own real estate and side by side gives us that exposure and give, it becomes that machine for owning more property. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So you're thinking maybe other markets too, huh? Apart, uh, maybe apart from Milwaukee or you're going to maybe all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Expand, or? expand would be great. Okay. And, nice. um, and I, people get, kind of hung up looking at other markets from more of a real estate acquisition perspective. And I think there's a lot of opportunity here locally. There's a lot lot of opportunity being in a hyper local market, uh, a local investor investing in your backyard. Um, Just last year, we bought a package of three duplexes that had enough equity to refi them out of into long-term 30-year fixed. Commercial on one side, long-term 30-year fixed using the equity we built with no money out of our own pocket. And I think that's a thing that we can do as local investors that not necessarily the coast can do. The West Coast, East Coast, if they're looking at um, investing in our area, that's just not a play that they can make, nor would they Usually, want to because it's so yeah. small. Right, and so sure. since we're sticking in the small world, we're here, there's a lot of opportunity still in our local market that we think is just saturated or inflated. And we only know it's saturated and inflated because we're here. Right, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of, you know, bigger uh, sticking kind of to the smaller multifamily really allows you a lot of, you know, advantages such as, of course, the 30 year um, kind of fixed financing. Mm -hmm. But then usually bigger dogs aren't, you know, going after it as much. Right. So um, even when you're starting to focus on, on, on that niche. Uh, you can still kind of run it all day long. Uh, do you think it's a little harder to, of course, obviously, it's probably a little harder to, you know, find deals and whatnot, but do you feel like you're working mm-hmm. a little harder on the creative side, uh, whether it be financing or uh, maybe purpose uh, for the property or just kind of like adjusting your um, your tactics or yeah. strategy when you're I, <clears throat> in the acquisitions process? I think a lot of investors in this world are, <clears throat> in this small multifamily world, are finding forced equity that you can play or additional mm-hmm. value that you can get out of these properties. And yep. of 20, 40 plans looming, I nobody know. knows what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. People have their speculations. People think for sure they know what's going to happen, but yeah. um, I don't, I don't know that it's even today fully realizes the impact that it's going to have. Mm-hmm. And we're not buying based off the 2040 plan, but knowing that there is something, some options out, some options out there for sure. Um, when we do purchase properties. And so what's your thoughts on the 2040 plan for Minneapolis, I guess, specifically? I'm careful to share my thoughts because um, I don't think there's enough 
information out there to, to really understand. And we've met a couple of people in our network that are probably considered experts on the subject. Oh. So I would definitely interview And they're gung-ho them. about everything, I'm and, sure. And yeah. it, the experts aren't gung-ho about oh, not. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the thing. It's like I would, I would interview them and ask them, and I can give you some names. But um, for me, I just don't think the city is probably – like anything looking at massive change that's going to come down the pipeline equipped to take on that massive change. Hmm. And so personnel, infrastructure, everything needed to, to fulfill these requests that are going to come in from the 2040 plan probably isn't built out and in place at the current moment. So hmm. that's that's going to keep things a little delayed, a little at bay. Um, so I don't think it's going to have as great of an impact as we're projecting, at least in the short term. Long term, probably, because hmm. when you massively change zoning, people are going to figure out how to make money from it. Right, for sure. Um, but in the short term, I don't think it's going to have as big of a play as we think it's going to. Interesting. And you're thinking short term as in 5, 10 years? 5, or the, 10 years. The, tw- the 20 years? 5, okay. 10 years. 5, yeah. 10 years, yeah. For short sure. term, definitely 5 years. I think if you're going to speculate and make try to make money off of this. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's called the 2040 plan for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, there's your first there's kind of indication. First. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of change happening in, in town, and I think that there's opportunity in the real estate world to do to, to take advantage of that change. Mm-hmm. So do you think that uh, for the most part, you know, whenever I meet people that are kind of looking to get into real estate, a lot of, of course, the very basic uh, objections are kind of like mm-hmm. um, mental obstacles is, oh, but it's already like, look how much it's already appreciated. We're at the top, all this kind of stuff. What do you usually say to those people? Um, I usually say that if you're playing within the five year, you're speculating, you're probably going to use mo- lose money. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at long term buy and hold investments, and that's what real estate should be, it's crackpot cooking, um, you're going to be okay. I think if you asked your grandpa, and he bought four duplexes back in the 60s, and he still had them, he's probably pretty thankful he had them still. For sure. Um, so I say, don't get risky with your financing, get smart. Um, if you are risking Getting risky with creative financing, definitely have a few backdoors. Um, capitalize on 30-year fixed as much as possible. But like I said, if you're looking at trying to make money in five years, you do have the opportunity of losing that money, mm-hmm. and that is where your greatest risk is at. And mm-hmm. so for me, I'm a buy-and-hold investor, so I'm looking at the long term. If I buy today, I'm looking at 20 years out. Um, and if I buy today, hoping that it's going to build in equity, um, and it doesn't, I better have another plan. Right, for sure. So, of course, uh, as you know, there's like those four pillars of real estate that you got the cash flow, you got the appreciation, tax benefits, and of course, the loan pay down. Mm-hmm. If you're really only looking at that appreciation and it's not forced appreciation, oh, buddy. Oh, hey, buddy. Yeah. So, you got to make sure those other things are in line. Yeah, I think buy and hold investing is one of the smartest things to do, of course. So, you know. And I think there's a, <clears throat> which you guys are trying to combat right now with um, your. Uh, construction company, but there's a there's a huge shortage in the trades today. Labor costs. Labor costs. Material costs. Yeah. I think moving forward, it's going to even get worse. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that needs to be addressed today, first and foremost, it would be uh, labor and trade costs. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm seeing that that's holding up a lot of people from like flips or, you know, even like the burr strategy and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I mean, uh, we've had, uh, you know, uh, Ryan does the general contracting as well. And basically he started it mostly because he found that using third parties was just prohibitively expensive to do flips or any kind of rehabbing to make investments work. Yep. Just where uh, where the labor costs are and then where the market's at, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're just at that unique point. Yeah. So, expensive, yeah. quality work, time frame. Like there's just a lot that you're giving up by, by relying on a third party to do that job. But mm-hmm. 
I don't know about you is I don't know how to pour a foundation and right. So, but frame out a house and it's needed to, it's you know, needed. Yeah. It's, it's needed. It's definitely needed for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's great though. Uh, you guys are, you know, kind of leveling up right now and you're yeah. probably going to get into the next year. You're, you said you're in the infancy and whatnot, but you have huge plans to, uh, kind of keep expanding and whatnot. Yeah. Um, are there any kind of like last minute thoughts that you have that you want to share uh, with people before, you know, you kind of give contact info if people want to reach out to you, if they really jive with your story? Sure. I would say um, <clears throat> if you're in real estate today, if you're looking at building out a business, <clears throat> it's important. And this is the stage that we're in right now is to work on your business instead of in your business. And we're entering into a slow season just in general. Snow's going to fall. Yep. Things are going to freeze over. No Things are just going to gonna slow down. Nobody yeah. wants to move anywhere yeah. right now. And so, and I think that was the biggest challenge Drew and I had last year is that he, um, he's so good at going after the dollar tomorrow. He's so good at, he's, he's our closer. So mm-hmm. he's really, really good at generating business mm-hmm. today. And I'm really good at gener- generating business tomorrow. And so we mm-hmm. entered into a slow season and he's like, Scott, we should be going to closing tables. We should be executing deals and transactions. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, this is our slow season. This is our chance to work on our business. Right. For sure. And so I would say at, now that we've had a year into it and we, we're, we're on the same page now, it's like he's like, okay, Scott, if that's your thing, let's do it. And so right now we're we're starting to work on our business. We're building on our business plan for 2020 mm-hmm. um, and looking at what does side-by-side look like for 2020? What does our real estate um, acquisition business look like for 2020? Mm-hmm. And I think don't be upset if things feel slow now. Take that time to work on it. And, and work on your business and, and reflect and yeah. find, refine your goals and refine what it means to to um, hit those goals and how to get there. Awesome. Do you have any uh, kind of tactical advice or like what books you're reading or what kind of information sources that you guys are using to kind of revamp uh, for your plan for, you know, 2020? Yeah, I think um, find a mentor mm-hmm. who has a really successful business. Chances are they've probably done some business Pretty planning in their yeah. in their past. Yeah. Um, ask them questions. People love to share their knowledge and some of the mistakes they've made leading up to it and some of the things that have made them successful. So find a mentor that you can bounce some ideas off of. Um, Traction, as I mentioned, was a really good book at teaching you how to scale up your business. I love Good to Great if you're looking for a mindset around mm-hmm. what it means to grow a business and how to go grow a great business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a beautiful book. Uh, and then d- do it. Um, put, Just execute. Put pen or is to that paper. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, is that the, the name of a book? No. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I may yeah. all write that book. You should write it. Yeah. <clears throat> no, uh, put pen to pl- paper. Is oftentimes we have these ideas and thoughts and even driving around today, I had to pull over and jot down what I was thinking mm-hmm. is is you just don't take your time to write down your goals. And if you don't, somebody else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to write down your personal goals, write down your your work goals, and and strive towards hitting them. Mm-hmm. Put, put together real activities that work towards getting those goals accomplished. And you'll be surprised at yourself when you go to do your 2021 plan and how much you were able to accomplish because of it. Right, for sure, no doubt. Yep. Those are all great tips. Excellent, excellent. So if anyone wanted to reach out to you, uh, how could they do so? So I can be <clears throat> found at Side by Side Realty. Um, that's not our website. I, sh- I wish I would have bought that domain. <laughs> side still by, can. <laughs> I still can. Hopefully, yeah. somebody probably offered it for four grand or something. <laughs> SideBySideRE.com is our website. You can find me at Scott at SideBySideRE.com or text me seven seven three three one eight two nine eight nine. I respond to texts. Excellent. We can get those all down there, right there too. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Scott. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it was great hanging out with you and and learning about what you do, too. Yeah, we'll have Drew on next time as well. Definitely. Yeah, and we could have uh, maybe market update or, you know, some beers or whatever. We love beer. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Down. All right, well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Take care. Take care.